You're listening to Obiter, a Toronto-based podcast presented by Titan Defense LLP, where we endeavor to bring you summaries of criminal cases from the courts for Ontario. Please note that this is meant to be used as an informative aid in bringing these cases to your attention. This podcast is not a substitute to reading full cases. The Queen and Buffone, 2021, ONCA 676. On the Crown's theory, large boulders were imported into Canada and shipped to a warehouse near Port Colborne, Ontario. The Crown maintained that cocaine was secreted in the boulders and extracted from the boulders at the warehouse for distribution to various locations by some of the co-conspirators. The police searched the warehouse and found no visible signs of cocaine. They did seize three pairs of gloves and submitted those gloves to the Department of Health for analysis. The analysis found cocaine on two of the three pairs of gloves. An analyst prepared three certificates setting out the results of the analysis and the Crown tendered those certificates at trial as proof that cocaine was found on two of the three pairs of gloves. At trial, the defense argued the certificates were not admissible under the relevant provision in Section 45 of the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act. The trial judge ruled the certificates admissible. The defense did not seek leave to cross-examine the analysts on the contents of the certificate. However, the defense did subpoena the analysts as a defense witness. The defense did not propose to challenge the accuracy of the certificates of analysis, but instead wanted to question the analysts on matters which the defense contended would demonstrate the limited, if any, probative value to the Crown's case of the findings reported in the certificate. For example, the defense wanted to elicit evidence as to the amount of cocaine detected on the gloves and the location of the cocaine on the gloves. The trial judge held the analyst could not be required to testify and quash the subpoena. Reading Section 45 of the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act to include the analysis of the substances found on the objects submitted to the analyst did not impair the fairness of the trial or the appellant's ability to make full answer in defense. The analyst's limited evidentiary role could not be expanded by calling the analyst as a defense witness on the basis the analyst had relevant evidence to give that had nothing to do with the accuracy of the contents of the analyst certificate. The appellants did not challenge the accuracy of the certificates and had not sought to cross-examine the analyst. The trial judge did not err in holding the analyst could not be required to respond to the defense subpoena. Bottom line, the defense was not able to call the author of a Section 45 Certificate of Analysts on issues such as amount of drug and location of drugs found on the gloves after they had conceded the certificates were accurate and did not seek to cross-examine the analyst. R versus Williams, 2021, ONSC 5536. This was an application by the Crown for admission of the accused hotel registration cards from the hotels at which he stayed in Kitchener and Niagara Falls when he and the complainant allegedly went to each city to sell her sexual services. In its pretrial form filed for the July 2018 judicial pretrial, the Crown indicated unequivocally that it was not going to introduce any hearsay and it was not going to rely on the principled or common law exceptions for hearsay. It never filed an amended form. The Crown at trial then argued that it would be an injustice to exclude Mr. Williams's hotel records. Bottom line, the Crown will be held to their JPT position on evidentiary issues. 
Any change in position requires the party seeking the change to notify the other parties and arrange for another judicial pretrial, even if the evidence is relevant, material, and admissible. The Queen in Frampton, 2021 ONSC 5733. A jury shall consist of only those who have been fully vaccinated against COVID-19. The court found that serving on a jury requires a physical ability to attend court each day of the trial, along with an ability to observe the proceedings with a focused attention. The job also requires interaction and some spirited communication in a confined indoor space. The court then found that data accumulated from around the world appears to show that the available vaccines are very effective, while preventative measures like plexiglass, distancing, masks, and etc. likely have some salutary effect in reducing COVID-19 spread it has become clear that the best available method to reduce the risk of transmission and the development of serious illness or worse is a vaccination. Allowing an unvaccinated person to serve as a juror would irresponsibly introduce risk to the trial. An unvaccinated juror is a potential conduit for the COVID-19 virus to make its way into the jury room. Obviously, such a result would derail the proceeding. Worrying about such an outcome would likely be a constant distraction. Because including an unvaccinated person on the jury introduces a real risk that the trial could be compromised, the judge concluded that such a person is physically unable to perform the role of a juror. In the context of the pandemic's fourth wave, an unvaccinated person is not physically able to contribute to the jury process in the manner called for in the circumstances. Simply put, a juror candidate who is unvaccinated against a serious and contagious illness that is currently spreading out of control and about which there is much concern introduces untenable risk of physical harm as well as distracting anxiety to the others compelled by law to serve alongside. The Queen and Bera, 2021 ONCA 568. Bera and his co-accused Govindia were convicted of agreeing to bribe a foreign public official the Indian Minister of Civil Aviation. Barra was the controlling mind of a company, Cryptometrics. Govindia was the CEO of another company called EMG. The Crown alleged that both Govindia and Barra and other individuals conspired together in a bribery scheme to allow Cryptometrics Canada to obtain a contract with Air India. Barini was the chief operating officer of Cryptometrics and reported directly to Barra who was the controlling mind of Cryptometrics. Barini was also a key crown witness against Bara and the only witness against Govindia. Barini was also charged with participating in the conspiracy, but had yet to be tried. During the cross-examination of Barini by Govindia's counsel, a document on the letterhead of EMG was styled Engagement Letter for Advisory Services and was signed by Barini and introduced. Pursuant to the document, EMG agreed to assist Cryptometrics with negotiating and securing a contract with Air India. This was a new document to the Crown. The only person who knew of its existence was Govindia. Barini did not contest its authenticity during cross-examination. The Crown then proposed to adduce reply evidence from Barini about the authenticity of the document. The Crown then disclosed communications between the Crown and Barini of the terms on which Barini had participated in the witness preparation meeting, 
that nothing he said would be tendered as evidence in the proceedings against him, and the email exchanges between Barini and the Crown Council prior to the defense election and Govindia's testimony. Both Bera and Govindia sought an order declaring a mistrial on the grounds of this late disclosure. The trial judge found the Crown had violated the appellant's rights to timely disclosure, but was not satisfied that the appellants had established a reasonable possibility that it affected the outcome of the overall fairness of the trial process. A new trial was ordered by the Court of Appeal. The trial judge erred in failing to declare a mistrial in the wake of late Crown disclosure. There was a reasonable possibility that the delayed disclosure affected the overall fairness of the trial process and might have affected the outcome of the trial and compromised the integrity of the justice system. Thanks for listening to Obiter, presented by Titan Defense LLP. The courts for Ontario are not affiliated with this podcast and did not produce or participate in its creation.